Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies. Hello, hello. Ciao, ciao, ciao. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just be honest. We just had a, my computer just crashed. Yep. Crashed yeah. dead to the world midway through recording this episode. So we're saying hello again for the second time. I don't know why GarageBand doesn't auto save. Yeah, this is our second time around, but it's going to be better than ever. I'm just, we're, we're, recapturing the organic energy of the first chat <laughs> to be fair all we'd said was um that Anne Hathaway is hot <laughs> we'd talked about running for 15 minutes and then said that Anne Hathaway was hot and that's the the golden audio that we'll never recover from the depths <laughs> of the internet like the lost episode what was the lost episode and we both said it was our best episode ever and it just it just got lost was that the one I can't remember. It was when a really was. long time oh, ago. Oh, was that when we were like recording at your old Sydney house? Yeah. And I started deleting all the tracks by accident <laughs> and I just couldn't stop. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, something like you were exporting it and you're like, it's gone. I was like, what do you mean it's gone? You're like, it's gone, it's gone. The whole thing's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, those were the fucking days. The that was so days. stressful. We had a full-time job and had to record the pods at that like dusty studio i walked past it in sydney i was like they need to put a plaque outside of here one of those like those (laughs) blue plaques that they have in london for illustrious people and remember those special days because we used to eat those dumplings every single day before we recorded 400 400 delicious dumplings it was so nice we were there actually we went and um caught up with some friends and I became a pokies fiend because there's I'd never like done the pokies before and I was like they're so bad they're so immoral they're awful why does anyone gamble and then I played this game called more chili and it's so so fun and you're basically just trying to get lots of chilies and if you get them you win money and I just got so addicted so we like ended up going to six different pubs to try and find more chilies and Zach was being a menace <laughs> and smoking and drinking blue lagoons which are these disgusting like fruity neon blue drinks oh my god yeah actually in the lost audio we did say grace was saying she feels so relaxed and happy in margaret river wa and i was saying that i do think even though i don't know this for a fact i do think the girls love it when we're home because the perth girls love that you're from perth you're always ripping perth you're home And when I'm in New Zealand and in Hawke's Bay and Wellington and Auckland, I just, it 
Feels like a nice energy. I feel like everyone likes it when we're on home soil. The world's aligned. And what actually I was trying to get to when I began talking to you about my Chugi Close Friends content was that um, I started, people were messaging saying, can we do meetups? Which mm-hmm. has obviously been this like constant theme, <laughs> constant question yeah, <laughs> across the entirety of the pod. And I'm sure you guys know by now that's far beyond our capabilities like, <laughs> capabilities <laughs> organizational capabilities um but i started just connecting people and i just said can i share this message and tag you and then everyone from your city will get in touch and there were a lot of different cities a lot of different girls people were doing people were doing call outs from like countries that never even heard of it was really special <laughs> That's really nice. I'm trying to think of like Lots a of way Perth we could girls. centralize it, but I think I think we just can't. We would end up spoiling it somehow by making it convoluted and not working. Yeah, but I was saying as well to not be scared to miss it because I think what I think what what people will be scared to do is obviously just DM a random person who's put a call out out. Mm. But I was just like, you just shouldn't be scared to do that because you guys have common interests Mm -hmm. and that being the silly little pod great taste great taste you live in the same city everyone wants friends as adults and i said that i actually went on a friend date last week with two girlies two gorgeous girlies who i'd never met both of whom are are fans of the pod and who i just had like mutual friends with so nice we could create like an app like bumble bff yes create an aw listeners can swipe on each other to hang Yes. That'd be cute. Let's do it. Let's take it to Silicon Valley. <laughs> Pitch the pod. I actually think there is a market for a non-lame friend app. I think it's most people are more interested BFF. in finding more friends than in um, finding a romantic partner nowadays. Most women. And Bumble BFF, I don't know, just it looks shit. Like, I feel like it's not cool. It needs to be yeah. rare for friends. <laughs> Yeah, it needs to be Hinge for friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but Hinge just has such a cooler. Raya's like exclusive. Raya, you'd get exclusive. Right. Losers. Hinge is Hinge is just cool and relaxed. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know. I think it varies on country. But in the UK, Tinder's sleazy, Bumble's a bit lame, and Hinge is where the hotties are. And Raya's where the rich rich ceos are the patagonia wearing finance bros <laughs> and their yeah boring girlfriends um okay yeah something for us to think about this could be our market this could be our billion dollar idea here we go here we go again <laughs> um okay so yes anne hathaway hot so anne hathaway yeah izzy sent me this sexy video of anne hathaway and I have never disliked Anne Hathaway and the people that dislike her dislike her. I think she's charming. I think she's a talented actress. I think she's beautiful. But never before have I seen her in a sexy light. And I think she should have I think she should have embraced this in the past more and I think she should embrace it more now in her like on screen personas. Yeah. So she was at the Valentino after party in Paris wearing this like leopard print bodycon. Her gorgeous barrel waves on display, bangs, very good bangs, and she's dancing and people are filming her and she was like getting low to Lady Marmalade and singing all the words and just truly letting her hair down. And the video has been viewed more than like a million, 11 million times on TikTok. Um, And we were just, when we were just talking about this, I was saying, I feel like it's kind of the first time when that I've realized Anne Hathaway really does have the it factor. Cause I feel like in her roles, she just doesn't, she's never playing that kind of character. She's always playing this kind of like demure, nerdy girl. She's always been a good actress. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I, I can't even think of what I'm thinking. I'm literally just thinking of the princess diaries and devil wears Prada. <laughs> yeah. 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 I get, I, I get totally what you mean. I saw this like a uh, really random movie called the intern 
because I got free tickets through work. Oh, I love the intern. And I remember, I think she'd had a very brief hiatus. It was between when she'd won the Oscar and everyone was a bit over her and she hadn't worked, she hadn't done a movie for a couple of years. And I remember seeing that movie and I was just like, this fucking woman is just a movie star. She just, she, she just captivates the screen. She makes it look so effortless. I just enjoy her. I'm happy she's having a. It's not even a renaissance. It's funny that everyone's going on about her style and stuff because her style's not even that good. It's just that she's putting in a lot of effort. Mm. You know? Yeah, she seems... She's doing the most. Yeah, but then she just she also just did that, like, big interview cover spread where she looked crazy good. And then, yeah, she is... She's just, like, around again. I don't... I know it's not kosher to, like, talk about women aging and blah 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 in Hollywood but she she truly looks like she has not aged a day since she was 25 it's it's quite crazy I know her and Katie Holmes yeah who are they who is their aesthetician (laughs) I know and then so it was really cute because basically she said last year which I think is kind of which you can see pouring out of her as she sings Lady Marmalade that she used to feel really anxious and nervous going to all of these big events. And she was just like, my life has always been very full and fortunate. And and I've been so lucky to go to all of these things, but I used to come and I would truly tremble. I'd be so anxious. It's a little sad. I was able to be in all those wonderful places. And the only thing I could feel was scared. And then Mm -hmm. she said, I'm just living life a little differently now and I'm enjoying it. I'm so focused and connected to my gratitude. (laughs) Jada is special girl. She always has to like throw in one little line where you're like, oh, <laughs> just end it before that. No, that's nice. What I'm astounded by is that I think when we're all on the dance floor and dancing, we all think we look like Anne Hathaway. But if we saw videos of ourselves, we'd be like mortified. And the fact that she looks exactly, actually looks like that in an off the cuff video, I think is like groundbreaking staggering has never been done before <laughs> i know you know how like olivia wilde with her jade dancing yes it's like, i was gonna say it's like the opposite of olivia wilde yes. dancing at harry styles concerts yeah olivia wilde is obviously aware she's being watched but she's like i look fucking hot and then the videos come out and it's just like she looks silly it's like just silly billy yeah silly yeah like a silly billy yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yes, Anne Hathaway killed it. Anne Hathaway's like in touch with her sexuality in this way that I admire and can't relate to. It also obviously gets everyone off when she goes to Fashion Week because it's like Andy Sachs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Recently she was wearing, when she went to Fashion Week last time, she literally wore like the exact outfit. <laughs> I don't know if you saw those photos, but people put them together and she wore like the exact outfit <laughs> that Andy Sachs wore. Like one day at Devil Wears Prada. That's really cute. In real life, she was sitting beside Anna Wintour and wearing the outfit. She knows what she's doing. She does. She's tapped into the culture. She's a smart cookie. She's a thinker. Um, and I just get the vibe that she's just a happy, a happy and fulfilled woman. I think she loves her short king husband and is just a content girl. I agree. Okay. Moving on to another special fulfilled woman. Yes. Miss Pamela Anderson. So I can't believe why why is everyone doing like a Prince Harry and releasing memoirs and books in the same week? It's it's weird. It is weird. This one kind of flew under the radar as well. Like I, I kind of not had to hunt, but it wasn't I feel like it wasn't everywhere. Um it's not even the front, like the front main page of Netflix. I know, I found that really confusing. When I was searching, I was like, P, and then it didn't come up. And I was like, A. I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Do not make us go to M. But yeah, yeah, but she, so she, wait, she released the Netflix documentary and also a memoir. And she's on the cover of Variety. I just bought it, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. She looks very special. Mm. And a book. Yeah, the book. That's what I was meaning. I accidentally said, uh, before I said, I think I said a I don't know what I said, but yeah, she has a book coming out like today and then her Netflix documentary just came out yesterday. That's why I was like, why, why? (laughs) It's a lot. I'm much more 
happy for her than Prince Harry. <laughs> Same. So I loved the documentary. I loved it so much. I loved it too. I think it captured, it did such a good job of capturing who she is, which made her life make sense a lot more in the sense that she is this kind of sweet, slightly eccentric, slightly kooky woman um, who's just a sweetheart. I do think people kind of knew that, but I just feel like it. hearing her talk and explaining these situations from her perspective, I think it just went a long way to explaining this divide between her persona and who she actually is which is why she probably gets so upset by the way people talk about her. Mm. Yeah, I had no idea about <laughs> one of my notes is crazy how her parents are both still alive. <laughs> but then I realized they had her when I don't know, I'm just like Yeah. I guess they had she's 50 and they had her when they were like 20. So that's so they're 70. So that's young. Her dad it's was like hot. That's what I age. had written down. Yeah. Yeah, I said crazy how they're alive and still look so young and good. Um, but yeah, she got discovered. So she grew up on a small island off of Vancouver in Canada. And she was just no- this normal girl. And then she went to a football game wearing at the T-shirt of the football game on it and was on the big screen. And then she was stood up and kind of like did a little dance. And then from there, that's how her whole career took off. It's so crazy. They asked her to come down onto the football field and like... Mm do something and then playboy and then she got her first modeling contract after that and was like doing stuff for that football team and then playboy got in touch and asked her to be on the cover it's quite wild it's an amazing story i know it maybe Pretty that privileged. is a famous story in america but like i've never heard that it's such an incredible yeah. tale she looked just so she looked very different like quite noticeably different when she was that young like i wouldn't have guessed from a photo that that was pamela anderson she was just always so kind of girl next door, fresh-faced, beautiful. Mm. Like, it's, yeah, I can see why she was an immediate sensation. That classic American look. Yeah. And she, so then, yeah, Playboy called her, asked her to be on the cover. She was saying as well that she didn't know, she'd never been on an airplane, so she went to the customs office and she was like, I'm going to work and be shot for Playboy. And they were like, you can't work in America, ma'am. You're from Canada and wouldn't let her on the plane. I was like, that fucking happens to the best of us. And then she got to catch the Greyhound bus to Seattle. And then she said when she arrived at the Playboy mansion, she was so scared that they were going to kick her out and tell her because she said she looked, what was the word? She said something really funny. She, not disheveled and not trash, but she said she looked like really bad, but she used a funny word. And she, and she was said in her I like she, shorts and her Nirvana t-shirt. Yeah. And she wrote in the, in her diary, I feel blessed and embarrassed at the same time. <laughs> I was like, that's the most special sentence. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's kind of playboy in general. It's kind of interesting that she, I think what's, fascinating about her is I don't know she just kind of narrates this stuff and she doesn't I don't think she thinks too deeply about it not in a in a bad way because she's obviously very smart like there's interviews of her on the talk show circuit and they talk about you know do you find it exploitative or do you find it objectifying and I just feel when she's narrating it like that thing I felt embarrassed and blessed at the same time I think she just takes it for what it is and has never like the exploitation obviously came later the sex tape and the way people talked about her body and stuff. But I just, I find her relationship with that early part of her career and playboy and posing nude really interesting because she does just seem like someone who just did it and didn't find it a big deal and doesn't find it that troubling or interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really insane. It's like such shitty, disgusting stuff happened to her when she was younger as well. And then, mm-hmm. So she said, like, her babysitter molested her and then she was sexually assaulted when she was 12 by this, like, 25-year-old guy, which is just so disgusting. And then she was just saying, like, that was her first exposure to sexual experiences, which obviously would just completely mess with your brain in such a... And then and then her going into obviously finding empowerment through using her body and the way she... Like, it's kind of had, like, the in my how I was viewing it, it was kind of having like the opposite 
effect on her, like posing nude for Playboy and being around all these women at the Playboy Mansion and like really taking back control of her own body. Mm-hmm. There is like a crazy high correlation between, um, I think particularly in the porn industry, uh, people who've experienced like childhood sexual abuse and, and ending up in porn. And I assume it's the same for like Playboy magazine. It like raises interesting <laughs> ethical questions. I just, I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like Playboy, I don't think anyone should ever judge any of the women who do it. I think Pammy's like done her absolute fucking best and is a genius with the world being the way it is. But I'm also like, Hugh Hefner's just fucking gross. And he was just making yeah, money off all these young, vulnerable gross. women where their only pathway yeah. to wealth was to like get naked for him. It's, and I just feel like yeah. she's probably not even like, probably doesn't want to go there (laughs) thinking about that shit half the time yeah yeah it's like it's like uh stuff Imrata talked about in her book yeah she should get Pamela on yeah the pod she really should um it was really funny as well when the the documentary people were talking about who she dated when she was that age (laughs) and they were like she was just like, I don't know what actors I dated. And then the guy just starts listing them. She was like, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd, like, forgotten all these famous men. And then I didn't know she dated Kelly Slater. She's such a romantic. She was like, he was my big love. And then later she's just, like, talking about Tommy Lee in the same way. Yeah, and the random French guy. She was like, he was my big love. And they broke up, like, a week later. Yeah, and she said Kelly Slater was her big love. And then later in the documentary she said to one of her and Tommy Lee's sons that she hasn't loved anyone except for their dad. They were just like, eye roll emoji. (laughs) Yeah, and she said she was dating Kelly Slater when she married Tommy and she was supposed to go and meet his parents after Mexico and had to call him and be like, hi, I'm married. (laughs) He goes, what? Chaos. Tommy, like, this is... The, this documentary is the first time I've kind of understood Tommy's appeal. Just like the videos of him. I'm like, God, he's just such a mm. naughty hot boy. I can just see why she lost her mind. Yeah. Such a naughty sexy man. And then, yeah, when I was watching the videos of them together, it made me sad. It's like, it made me sad that they weren't together and it, it didn't work out. It's same with her. It made her sad too. She had to like stop watching at one point and go outside. No, I think we all, I was just thinking about why people are like were and are still so obsessed with them. And I think it's that idea of we've all had that experience of when you meet someone and it's just so crazy and this like immediate not so connection and you just want those things to be <laughs> real and last forever. And usually they just don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that like the fact that she just got married because she was riding on how hopeful she was about it and just wanted it to be this i don't know i just think people get invested in those stories because they want them to work out yeah and even and and also like seeing all of this footage of them just being so young and happy and in love and obviously they're in the honeymoon phase because they've just met and then just got married but then they like they they stayed together and had two kids together that's mm. like not like it's not like a kim kardashian wedding <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so I was just laughing at your note on the <laughs> things. Like, I forgot she pushed oh, yeah. Putin. Is that in the documentary? <laughs> no, she just um, – so it talks all about, obviously, like, Tommy and everything like that and the, their relationship breaking up. I didn't realise – I knew that there was domestic violence in their relationship, but I didn't realise he went to jail for six months. Yeah, um, that's fucked up. But he still maintains that he never hit her, which obviously – domestic violence is domestic violence and she said she'd rather be alone and like safe than foot with her sons than be with him which is like obviously yeah all completely makes sense but then it goes into her um like petitioning for peter and stuff and like animal rights and so she was said that she was she was signing autographs of her tits and then making people sign a petition to get the guards hats at the at buckingham palace to be made of fake fur <laughs> And then it went into this other thing about how she started getting, she wanted Putin to change some policy for animals' rights. And then I was like, oh my God, I forgot she bust Putin. But it doesn't obviously say that. But then, yeah. Why is she like even getting involved in Putin's 
policies in Russia. It's like so red hot. But he changed. I can't. I, I kind of zoned out because I was thinking about them bussing. But he changed. He he changed the law for her. Stop. <laughs> Pamela's law after they bussed the first yeah. lady of Russia. And then what else? Oh, she said she married a guy because she's been married five times. So she was like running through the weddings. And then she said she married one guy because he was nice and normal and she thought that's who she should marry. And then she was obviously bored. So she divorced him. Then she married this other guy who was her friend. And then she said, he turned out to be a big old addict. We found a crack pipe in the Christmas tree. (laughs) And then he said it wasn't his. And she was like, well, who else's is it? Because it's not mine. And then her son goes, she loves getting married. <laughs> and then he goes, my parents are probably the most insane people to live on planet Earth. Oh, my God. They do seem like pretty well adjusted considering, don't you think? I know. It's nice. They're hot too. Yeah, very hot. What are they doing? I feel like one of them was like having a bit of a... One of them was on the hills. That's right. The Hills reunion. And then I stalked Tommy. She, Pam said, I think I'd b- rather be alone than not be with the father of my kids. But I also don't think I could be with Tommy either. And then I stalked Tommy and he unfortunately has a wife named Brittany. Mm. Yeah, that's sad. I kind of... The only married her in 2019 and he divorced Pammy in 98. So maybe he's been hung up on her all this time. You would hope. And then she said, she said she's never watched the sex tape. And then she said, like, when the Pam and Tommy Hulu show came out, that it was a really bad time for her because she was going through a divorce. And then she said that, you know how, like, in the you know how in the first episodes, which I only think I watched, like, three, mm. um, they were making all those excuses for why the guy stole the sex tape because Tommy didn't pay him. Mm. And her sons call her and put her on speakerphone and they're like, they're making all these excuses for the guy. And Pam was just like, oh, it's just sad. It's actually fucked. Really? Like, I get why she was so pissed off. Yeah. And then she said the best way to get married is to tell them I'm never going to marry you, but you have to mean it. And then in six months you'll be married. And I wrote in the notes, I need to try this. That I never want a husband again ever. No. <laughs> so many iconic quotes. I can't believe you interviewed her was my main. I know. I can't thought. believe it either. I really wish it was in person or over Zoom, but because it was on the phone, it feels like a little bit less real, but it's still incredible. She's just amazing. I loved how at the start she was in her boots, her like high heeled boots, like roaming around the farm on the tractor and she was like hi mom I know <laughs> and when she said that so the the babies like not to dwell on a horrible point but the babysitter the abusive babysitter was a woman and I feel like this is like s- such a thing that people never talk about um and I remember in the Whitney Houston documentary the same thing was true of her she was abused as a child by a older girl and then Pamela says that she would envision the babysitter dying and that the babysitter died in a car crash the next day and she thought she'd killed her with her magic mind. I was like, I feel like she She told her the day before I wish you were dead and then she died. So that would be so traumatic for you to just be like, well, now I've killed this woman. I know. Because of course you would think you did it. I used to think that I changed traffic lights with my brain (laughs) in the car. Same. Yeah, no, no, no. But she probably, I mean, I'm like, maybe she did kill her and good on Pammy with her brilliant mind. Shouldn't underestimate her mind. And she just has so many, like, funny things that she says where she's like, I wrote in my diary that if a man's washing his penis in the sink, he's probably cheating on you. (laughs) (laughs) I know. The the quotes from from this documentary were so iconic. I'm definitely wanting to read her book. She's I wish we wisdom. I wish we created celebrity memoir book club. So do I sometimes. <laughs> I want to read that book and then talk to you. I guess we just can do that on this podcast. We just do it. We could do a, a special episode of reading. We could do a Patreon app just about the book. Yeah. I feel like she's written a couple of books. Really? Yeah. But she can write as many as she wants as far as I'm concerned. 
Yes. Angelica <laughs> Houston writing three, <laughs> three memoirs. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So I'm happy for her. I'm happy that she's like reclaiming the narrative. I feel, I hope the, I hope the do- documentary is popular and is watched because it would be really annoying if like Pam and Tommy got more coverage and was viewed more. Like, I think it's... I know, because she, she also said, which is so true, she was just like, when that sex tape came out, which I know she said before, but she was just like, when that sex tape came out, I was like, that is just the end of my career. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just the end of me becoming a successful actress outside of my, like, sex uh, bombshell status. Like, it is just the end. Like, Tommy will just go on and everything will be the same for him because he's a rock star and whatever and then she kind of yeah it was the end of her career and then now recently she just did this show on broadway and it was just oh, so she's in chicago her, right yeah yeah she's in chicago she and then she just like trained for it loved it just took this opportunity and her sweet little kids i don't know who's who was like she's so badass just doing what she wants and doing what no one would expect of her and just like fucking killing it mm. her kids are so cute and it obviously goes so far to show how much of a normal down-to-earth person she is. It's so mm-hmm. sweet, them just being in the documentary, standing behind and watching videos of their mum and dad together. Yeah, that's really nice. It is kind of incredible that she's doing this, like, cultural phenomenon for so long when, like, really... <laughs> I mean, you actually... Th- she was in, like, 90210. Oh, she was in Baywatch, sorry. Playboy. Married Tommy Lee. <laughs> Sex tape came... Like, she hasn't really done that many major projects or things other than just being Mm. herself and being iconic. It's like very impressive. I know. And then she was also talking about how she's bad with money. I was like, so (laughs) relatable. (laughs) She still looks so gorgeous. I know. And then at the end, she she's just speaking candidly to the documentary people, just being like, I just decided I'm just going to do it. No makeup, no hair done, just natural, just me. I was like, you're so great. <laughs> I would never. Wait, is she married or does she have a partner now? Does she talk about it? I don't think so. No, she said she never wants to get married again. And she said she doesn't want to be with anyone if it's not the father of her kids. I was like, at Tommy Lee. Yeah, what? She's probably playing yeah. a little mind game with someone and she'll be married in six months as per her own rule. Yes. Yeah, she just needs to marry someone. She just needs someone else on her level. She hasn't... She just falls in love too easily, I think. She falls in love with, like, the first guy that walks in front of her face and then... Who would be her perfect match? I'm trying to think of someone. President Obama? I'm just kidding. (laughs) She does need someone. I was thinking someone. She needs someone smart. Yeah. And really successful and kind of in the public eye, but not not like a Hollywood celeb, more in the public eye for not even charity work. Like could be like a talk show host or something, Yeah, but a serious one. I can just imagine. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I'm trying. Or a tech guy, like a, um, Evan Spiegel type. But yeah, not such a he needs someone fuck. like um, Serena. She needs someone like Serena Williams' husband, who's like a rich tech yes. bro, but just like a total yes. puck for her. Yeah, yes, yes. Alexis, she needs Alexis. an Alexis. He's he's, he's hot and great. Yeah, <laughs> every woman guy. deserves an Alexis. Yeah, still was like the only founder to step down at a company and promote a like black woman just because he wanted to not because he was going to get cancelled <laughs> everyone else did it to like Safe stop face. the cancellations <laughs> yeah i and reddit is the best app i love reddit so much i spend i reckon a third of my online screen time on reddit just reading about theories about true crime or like makeup Dude, t- i'm hacks, never on there but i i makeup know so hacks many people are what just you anything say? you go- I said makeup hacks, but I have no idea why I said that. But just like I'll I'll be like, do I need <laughs> do I need like to take vitamin D or something? You know what I mean? And then there's just a bazillion yeah. people who've talked about yeah. it and gone into it. I just love it. It's it's so good. Even with news stories, I feel like it's the best. I love Reddit. 
Yeah, I also love Reddit for that stuff. I'll always be like, what with the Jeep? I was like, will I die if I buy a Jeep Reddit? <laughs> and then went on the Reddit thread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, Izzy, look at the Google talk. I've like somehow put that cursed picture on every I know. single slide. <laughs> I was seeing it popping up everywhere. <clears throat> we need to take a screenshot of this fucking Google doc this week. So it's for the <laughs> next topic we're about to talk about and there's a runway image of a girl wearing a traffic cone and grace has put it on this five why is it everywhere the one where it's like, like her, seven. and then next to it it says oh my god i forgot she bussed putin pam marrying a crackhead <laughs> like <laughs> yeah oh. oh my god i'm just gonna keep it on here keep it that picture is insane that picture is insane. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, should we go on to this cut piece? Yes, so this week the cut ran a big piece on um, Kirby Jean Raymond of the brand Pia Moss. And you had seen it doing the rounds, thought it was like a profile on him, and it turned out it was a bit of a... I, I hesitate to say takedown because I don't think it was a takedown. and I don't think it was a expose in a... Like, I want to be careful how we frame it because I think the writer went to lengths to give a really balanced breakdown of what's happened with the brand. But it's I think it's much more about, like, the problems with the industry and the problems with the fashion media than it is about trying to, like, expose or humiliate him, I feel. Yeah, so basically what the piece is saying is it's called The Promise What's it called? The Promise of Kirby Jean Raymond or The Promise of Pia Moss? I can't remember. Mm. Basically, it's about the background of the brand. And if you don't if you don't know who Kirby Jean Raymond is, he launched his brand in, when was it? Like 2012 or something. And then it kind of just mm. blew up um, maybe like 2016, 2014, 15, 16, 17, and became this massive, um, really popular brand, especially in New York and the States, and especially with uh, black people because he would use his shows and his collections to make a statement about like racism and um, Black Lives Matter. And he, he's, he was just like really progressive in the way that he wouldn't like tone down what he was saying in terms of to please um commercial people or to please like the industry and he was just really groundbreaking in that way and everyone was kind of like finally there's someone who's not scared to say what needs to be said um on this like Mm -hmm. massive level and like really take down the industry and take down all of these like pillars and that are put in place so he's always been just he's always just also been just very cool like a very cool guy around and um essentially this piece is basically yeah it goes into the background of the brand it goes into his background and then sort of just says that he fucked up 
in all these different ways. And and like you say, I do think the writer, I don't think the writer's saying anything about his artistic talent or lack of artistic talent. Like they're saying he's a really talented guy and they will we'll get into like the detail of everything that they say. But I think from the offset, like, and, and my opinion hasn't changed since I read the piece. From the offset, I was like, this feels kind of random. Like, I'm just like, I get that he did stuff wrong. And reading the piece was like, okay. But at the same time, I was like, how many, like, egomaniacs run fashion brands who have, basically, he basically, he promised big things to, like, advertisers or whatever he got he won this award and got 400,000 US dollars and he was being mentored and basically the industry put a lot of money and time and like mentorship into his brand which obviously they're doing because they want to look like allies and like just raise up mm-hmm. this black man um for their own like doing or whatever but then I, I don't know I'm just like yes he's made mistakes and like he should have he should have hired a CFO and some of the shit he's done is really funny, which we'll get into. But like, I just don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, it just feels like a random person to put on this huge, to go after in this, like, Mm -hmm. in this way. I don't know. I'm just like, I felt the same. This will sound like random, but I'm like, not to call her out, but it's like what I was thinking of reading. It was like Alexa Chung and how Alexa Chung started a fashion label and tried to build it and scale it for a few years. And then it didn't work. And then the brand closed down. And it's like, there was no investigative hit piece on like the nuances of things that she might've done wrong behind the scenes. Yeah. Or like her management style or like, yeah, there are so, there are just so many bad (laughs) Every single boss has done shit like this. Like, you know, not communicated properly has like, you know, said has plays favorites in the office has like, um, said something and then changed their mind and not communicated it has done like it all just felt like things that just happen in a creative workplace and I was like why is this being like even how he they ask him for a comment in this piece and his quotes were so telling because he was basically like I'm kind of confused as to why you're writing this story like yes we've had issues scaling yes there's been like collections that went out where the pieces didn't go into production yes like it's it there's it's it's almost hinting at it being kind of like a scam but it never gets there because it isn't a scam it's just he's a hyper creative person that hasn't turned the hopes and dreams that were placed on him into a massive empire but that's like he hasn't done it yet even <laughs> yeah because also they, you know what they I mean? mention, he's still super young like yeah. yeah they mentioned Telfar in the piece and say that from 2005 to 2017 that brand turned a hundred thousand US dollars in profit and then in 2017 that bag went viral and now it make, turns a million dollars in profit a year it's like that's a long fucking time to not make any money and to be like working on your craft and basically what I think and as you say you're you were just saying before it's kind of more of a um, well, it should be more of a look at the industry itself and how it works because it's like the, this kind of isn't really, I mean, some of the weird shit he's done, like telling stuff not to look at him in the eye um, is, is like <laughs> bad, being bad behavior. But also I'm just like, this, a lot of this isn't really his fault. It's the industry's fault for like seeing him going, great, this is exactly what we need to make us look diverse. We need to grab this guy. We need to funnel him with money, just throw money at him without doing like the due diligence to see if he actually can do what you want him to do. Like, does he have the right staff in place? Does he have the right like managerial skills? Does he have a CFO? Like, what is the, what, what, who throws $400,000 at someone without just checking that they, have this shit in place to be able to create at the level you're expecting them to create at. Like it's. And caring has given him millions, like way more than that. And so he's driving like Lamborghinis <laughs> and all these crazy cars, which is funny, but it's also, I'm like, how many fucking people have done this and haven't had it exposed in a big New York magazine story? Like you say, it's much more. And I do think the writer does try to do that, but the whole, the whole article I feel like it should have been an article about what the white guilt that brands showcased during 2020 has done, has has been a disservice to some brands as much as it's been 
a service because when you pick a very small fledgling brand where the designer is showing some promise, but like as the couture show, which we can talk about in a sex shows, does not like have the skill set as a, um, you know, a tailor and a uh, just a designer in general to be at a specific level. And instead of incubating them and giving them the resources and the time and the energy that it requires to get them to that next level, throwing money at them so you can put on your press release that you've given millions of dollars to Pia Moss because it's cool and the black community likes it. Like that's cynical business behavior. And obviously this guy just wasn't able to handle it because he's a super, super, super creative artistic person that doesn't understand money stuff which is like a tailor's oldest time in the fashion industry and I think the fact that it got to a point where you know he felt like he was on top of the world because the fashion press were making him feel on top of the world and then got to a point where he was like struggling to scale not being able to get things out in time it doesn't seem really like he conned anyone or scammed anyone. It just seems like he was totally in out of his depth and that he was being heralded as this major brand when the infrastructure was not there. And I feel bad for him for that. Yeah. So for a bit of backstory for people who haven't read the piece and don't know much about him, basically um, he staged, he staged this show that was very political and then he attracted in like 2015, yeah, I think. around yeah. then. And then that's when he attracted the support of Anna Wintour, who speaks in this piece positively about him. The quotes she gives is saying like she stands by him and other members of the fashion establishment who eager to prove who were eager to prove that it was inclusive. Reebok started a, a partnership with it. And then black celebrities and politicians allied, allied with him. Um, Michelle Obama wore his brand on The Tonight Show. Lena Waithe wore it to the Met Gala. Kamala Harris wore it on the coat. Well, one of his coats on the eve of her inauguration in 2021. And then, so I think kind of also what this writer's trying to say or is saying is like, literally says this here for the black community it felt as if one of the one of its own was finally breaking barriers on the community's terms no code switching no making themselves small no following the rules and i think a lot of people are just disappointed that like he was given this opportunity and then hasn't like it hasn't resulted in the change that they wanted to see in the world they've basically everyone's just put him on this huge pedestal including those in his community Mm -hmm. And then everyone's just angry at him because he hasn't performed in the way yet, as you say, that they expect. I don't know. It, I don't, I'm just like, it feels right. I, I guess maybe I do understand that in the sense of like how fucked the gatekeeping in fashion is that maybe there are like, I mean, there would definitely would be hundreds of other like young black designers who maybe just haven't had like the sunshine on them in the same ways and who would have taken that opportunity much more seriously for sure you'd be handled it much better which would be frustrating yeah you'd be super frustrated that's not a him problem that's a (laughs) industry being lame problem yeah like of course you'd just be like i would fucking kill for this opportunity and this guy's just like driving around in his porsche do you know i've met him (laughs) he was at yeah i was trying to remember if it was him that you had met when you're in new york no he was at the he was staying at the same hotel over new year's last year as me ah no way oh my god that's pretty funny i do feel like the insinuation that he was a bit of an egomaniac or let his ego get out of control and got like totally caught up in the high life element of it is probably true and is obviously like a big part of a lot of the resentment of like yeah some of his staff and stuff. For sure. But <laughs> it's, his... it's also just understandable. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I literally wrote in the doc. Where is it? I said something like, I have to scroll past this fucking photo. I said, yeah, we were like takeaways. And then I said, feel like you made mistakes, but feels weird to pile <laughs> on him. Give me $400,000 and watch me burn it. Take people to Joshua Tree and tell people not to look at me without my permission. Like I fucking would. <laughs> Um, and then also his backstory. It's like, even just, I understand that there are nuances yeah. to this. And like, of course, just because someone is like a person of color, it doesn't mean they're 
they're untouchable. It doesn't mean they shouldn't be criticized. But at the same time, I'm like, I just don't think we're at the, like, the point now where we need to be tearing down one of the only like prominent black designers like in America right now. Are there, aren't there other people that deserve to, to go down first? But because then when they talk about Say it, yeah. his backstory, they're like born in East Flatbush. Kobe Jean Raymond was raised by his father who had immigrated from Haiti to Brooklyn in the early 80s and worked as a cab driver and later an electrical technician. Kirby had a tough upbringing. His neighborhood was one of the most violent in New York and had been at the epicenter of the crack epidemic. His mother died in a house fire during a trip to Haiti when she was seven, and he often spoke about how badly he was treated by his stepmother, who gave her own son's Christmas gifts while he got nothing. He lost several friends to gun violence and the prison system, and like many young black men, had a number of terrifying encounters with racist cops. And it's like, like I know that doesn't excuse his later behavior, but I'm just like, yeah, but why are we talking about like this guy then like messing up some business decisions and not becoming the fucking like Wakanda forever that people expect of him right now? Um, yeah. And then, then, yeah, the next paragraph is like, if you spend time with him, it's very clear that there's something wrong or that something happened to him in the past. He had all the signs of someone who was just trying to hold on. And I read that and I was like, Jesus, like, again it's it's <laughs> it's kind of like the punishment doesn't fit the crime or something like I just I literally feel like you could do this my feeling reading this was you could write this about any yes fashion brand in the world mm. like if you literally went behind the scenes and said to employers at this he comes out better in this than like most fashion designers would you know what I mean if you went and said to employees what's the worst thing this designer ever did um what's the yeah and I just think you should be given permission like everyone else is to fail and to fuck up and like I understand it's there's there's a there's a different thing in the black community because that this kind of success in the industry has been gatekept for so long that there is this he benefited from the community rallying around him in this way and supporting him with their money and with their like showing up to the shows and like the the uh celebrities that wore the clothes like there was this rallying around him and this hope and promise and I think the writer understands that that's like an unfair burden to put on someone but I just I, I think he should just be allowed to have done a not great job and it's just kind of fine like I just don't I, I it sounds like fashion people in New York are talking a little bit about this and it is a bit of a narrative but it just doesn't feel like the kind of thing that needed to be turned yeah, it made – I genuinely wrote as one of my main takeaways that um, the cut is going downhill. <laughs> I also mm. wrote I feel bad for Tracy Ellis Ross, who was mentioned too many times in that piece. And yeah, so one – so, for example, another thing that annoyed me about the way this writer wrote it is, like, a few of the small things they said, like, being, like, he would compare himself to other – designers including Virgil I was like I don't know I don't I don't know I was just like did you have to say just putting Virgil's name in it because every Virgil was so beloved and like it just made I don't know yes. I was just like you if you're gonna mention one design like why are you just mentioning that one name a, a dead guy like yeah that everyone loves and it's also like it is a funny thing that's happening now where like everyone did roast off-white when it was <laughs> yeah. out like a lot of people yes. didn't like the off-white aesthetic a lot of people thought it was like naff and not good yeah and also loved Virgil and loved what he gave to like the fashion industry and thought he was a maverick and thought what he did at Louis Vuitton was amazing it's just like yeah what is the fucking value in including that in a piece it's like a it's clear what you're trying to do with that. Like you're trying to side him against. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So now we can laugh at some yeah. funny things now that we've. Yeah. So he used um, money for a company trip to Joshua tree for team bonding during which he flew in a shaman to guide an arrow. How do you say that word again? Arrow. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. I can't, this is the, this is my like brain. I know what the word is, but when I'm reading it, I can't say it because it's spelt differently. <laughs> ayahuasca ceremony and then what else did he do that was really funny he obviously has like all those fancy cars he told his staff that they're one really minute, negative one... <laughs> yeah where he goes one minute if you're listening to him we're best friends he loves me we'd go over to his house and he'd say i'm gonna introduce you to beyonce said one former employee <laughs> but if you say i don't think you should, we should do this then it was like i hate you you don't believe in my business you don't believe in what we're doing you don't trust me i was like 
I relate. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'll introduce you to Beyonce. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so they then gave him... This is, again, not his fucking fault. He was told he could do a couture show. And then... that Like, that is fucking cruel. Like, his, his designs were so... Um, like groundbreaking in so many ways, but the actual level at which you have to be operating to do a couture show. Like remember when Balmain did a couture show and that's like a guy that runs a huge French luxury label and it was really bad. Yes. Like it was terrible. Like the giant egg dress and stuff. (laughs) Like you, not everyone, even highly, highly, highly elite brands can't do couture like them inviting him onto the official schedule is fucking crazy like it's just setting him up for failure yes so then we get to the um cone dress that wasn't our document 400 times now you've fucking deleted all of them can't even reference it now they're all gone oh my god i deleted one i think it became like a part of the header or something (laughs) oh yeah okay (laughs) what is with this dress this dress is cr- so basically what happened was he was invited to do this couture show his whole thing was like bucking against the establishment so he refused he agreed to be on the official couture schedule but refused to show in Paris and refused to show at the normal schedule time and so because of that they had to do something that usually takes minimum a year in like 8 weeks and he came up and he obviously just didn't have the infrastructure of a couture studio and like couture means that every single garment is handmade so like at the french houses they will have 90 people and one of them just sits and hand sews like hand sews crystals on a dress for seven months like it's like that level of detail and he had this like raggedy (laughs) skeleton crew who were trying to do a million other things trying to create this couture collection and he came up with the idea of celebrating Uh, like inventions that black people have created but never gotten credit for and among that was the traffic light but this dress literally looks like a party city like halloween costume i feel like he like ordered it off ebay or something it's it's fucking crazy yeah it's crazy oh that poor model jada I know. It would be iconic if he was like poking fun at the whole couture thing so he just did something like purposefully Mm. But I don't think that's what he was well, doing. Sure. You'd hope. <laughs> this can't be, you can't seriously think. It could have been. Yeah. We need him on the pod. So the whole, the whole story of that show is so funny. So yeah, this is the one where he said a week before the show, several employees were warned Gene Raymond of the likelihood of a rainstorm on the day of the show. He insisted that they stick with the scheduled date. It's not going to rain. You're always, you're so negative. You're always so negative. Nick, Nick, Nick. Nick, Nick, Nick. He. What, why did you? Where I did love you put that. Like, we need a marquee. Lotus. We need. We. Yeah, because she's like, this is very negative. Oh, yeah. That was him. They're like, we need a marquee. We need something for the guests. And he was like, stop being so negative. And then it rained completely and the whole set like washed away and they had to do it again two weeks later for way more money. He's a silly boy. I know. I just feel, I can just feel for him. Imagine giving, getting that much money and just like slowly but surely just whittling it away. And then you would, you would just like <laughs> low key feel so stressed behind the scenes. But maybe he's just like delusional. But I guess he's not because he, he just had, bit to, delusional. He had to fire everyone. In December 2021, he laid off most of his team. Several employees said that they were let go with no severance. They said that he told them the company was shutting down and he had no more money, only to hire two rounds of employees and then fire them straight after. <laughs> and it sounds like a mess. Yeah. Just ba- bad business, but like this crazy, intense expose. I don't know. And then he created the handbags. That was crazy. He obviously saw what Telfar was doing and tried to create like a hit handbag, but the handbags are so random. I haven't them. seen like, them. The hand shape. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cool. Um, just look up. They look like a Jacquemus bag with like a, a, the shape of a hand. Just Google Pyamos handbag. Oh. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. <they're laughs> not good. I don't mind the like. I don't mind the ones that are a bag and then has the hands on it. But the one that is a hand is too much. Mm. The one that's the ones that are actual hands, <laughs> crossbody, yellow, huge hands. Oh. <laughs> I know. So he, this was his, I think his kind of last um, attempt and the handbags didn't sell. So the piece ends by saying that $2 million worth of them are just sitting in his studio. It's like quite an image they've crafted. Oh, now that everyone has to Google these handbags. I wish we could put um, images in the show notes. <laughs> it would be the... I know, same. It would be the cone dress in these handbags i like the black one with it just it's obviously the least offensive but the black one that just has the hands on it i'm gonna buy buy them in yeah. solidarity with him with him the employees roast him so hard in this piece how they said that what did they say that the, the clothes quality was worse than like um conway or rainbow which are like literal dollar stores <laughs> <laughs> it's like rough yeah um, okay, we need to go wrap up a good chat. Bye, girls. Bye. <laughs> need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free warbyparker.com slash covered a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.